What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers and ball shorts. Coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door's supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, what up, what up? What up, though? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Ahmad Hawkins. I appreciate you. As always, take a time out of your day to listen to the latest podcast episode of the show. Uh, this podcast episode, we will be recapping the Louisville Cardinals as they defeated our Virginia Cavaliers by a score of 28-21 to 21 in a shocker. Uh, everybody was expecting the Cavs to take care of business on the road versus Louisville. And um, it just didn't happen. So this is what we got to do. We got to recap the game. We got to get on the soapbox. We got to talk about some real things. And uh, then this episode will be over. So before we get started, uh, shout out to the sponsors, Aber Insurance. Aber Insurance service in the state of Virginia for over 20 years. Go to aberinsurance.net for all your insurance needs. That's home, business, auto, life. Holla at Billy and Charlene White, the good people at Aber Insurance. Um, and go to stajujuice.com. For your Shut the Hell Up Juice apparel, go to sthujuice.com. Yes, that's my clothing brand. So let's jump right into it. We're going to get into the numbers. We're going to go through the numbers quick because we got a lot we got to talk about. And we got to get right to it. And I ain't going to beat around the bush. So we look at the box score, 28 to 21. The thing that jumped out the most is basically 21 unanswered points in the second half by Louisville. This was reminiscent of the Notre Dame game. In a nutshell, the offense pretty much executed a game plan where they needed to in the first half. I was running the football. Uh, Bryce had an injury early, came back, and the offense continued to move the football. Uh, But in the second half, it was MIA. Uh, So when we look at the numbers, first downs, UVA had 18 to Louisville's 17 uh, rushing, we knew this was the biggest thing coming into the game. Louisville was a team that averaged over 218 yards rushing a game. For this game, they totaled 227 yards on 45 attempts. We knew they was going to run the ball at least 40 times. They lived up to the billing. And that's with 10 yards of total offense in the second quarter because they put the other quarterback in. They took Cunningham out, which was a blessing. To, uh, look, let me let me get through numbers for I, I break down anything. Uh, UVA has 78 yards rushing on 26 carries, uh, three yards at attempt to Louisville's five yards in attempt. Passing yards, we knew Louisville couldn't throw the football that good. 133 as a team, they only attempted to pass 14 times. UVA attempted 42 passes, 233 yards uh, on the day. Total offense, Louisville had 360, 100 underneath their average, and UVA had 311. We ran 68 total plays to their 59 total plays. We had a fumble. We had a pick. They didn't have a single turnover. Uh, penalties, we had eight for 70 yards. They had five for 30. Time of possession, 
We had the ball for 29 minutes, 42 seconds. They had the ball for 30 minutes, 18 seconds. We were 4 of 14 on third down. They were 5 of 12 on third down. It was 2 of 2 on fourth downs. Yesterday, they were 0 for 1. Uh, individual stats, Perkins, I mean, not Perkins. Um, let's start with Russian. The Samoan Slashers, Tyler Popper. Had 55, 54 yards, two touchdowns. 11 carries, 54 yards, two touchdowns. I think he only had two or three carries in the second half. He was eating in the first half. Uh, Javian Hawkins, 136 yards, two touchdowns on 28 attempts. Cunningham, 97 yards in three quarters because he didn't play in the second quarter. 97 yards rushing, one touchdown. Uh, Perkins had 13 total carries. That's including the sacks for... 22 yards. So he had basically was at nine carries for 56 yards when he actually ran. And then on the sacks, it was four sacks for 34 yards. So when he actually ran the football, he had some success. Nine carries for 56 yards. Uh, Joe Reed, one carry for two yards. Um, Receiving, 2-2 Adwell. Six catches, 122 yards. 77 of those came on just a quick uh, flip. Shovel pass that went for the touchdown. That quarters off guard. Hasis Dubois, seven catches, 93 yards. Terrell Jenner, six catches, 75 yards. Joe Reed, eight catches, 48 yards. Tanner Cowley, one catch, 12 yards. Uh, congrats to DeVars Kelly for your first ever collegiate touchdown reception. One catch, four yards, and a touchdown. I know how it feels to get a your first ever collegiate touchdown and a loss. Mines versus Florida State in 1997 on a slant. And you really can't celebrate it because you lost. Lamont Atkins, one catch, one yards. We look at defense. Zane, letters, and tackling, seven total tackles, three tackles for a loss, and he also had a sack. Eli Handback has six tackles, three tackles for a loss, and two sacks at his interior lineman position. He was flip-flopping inside and outside. Um... Snowden had five tackles, one tackle for a loss. Devontae Cross had five tackles. Blunt, five tackles, one tackle for a loss, one sack. Chris Moore, four tackles. Noah Taylor, four tackles, and a tackle for a loss. Nick Jackson stepped in for Jordan Mack, who got um, disqualified for targeting. He had four tackles. Briggs had four tackles from his nose guards, position those tackle. Uh, like Jordan Mack had three tackles before he was disqualified. Brent Nelson. Had two tackles. Uh, Devontae Cross had a breakup, and Nick Grant had a breakup. Um, but yeah, we had four team sacks. They had four team sacks. So those are your numbers, and they k- continue to kick it to Joe Reed, and Joe Reed do do what he does. All right, man. So what's my thoughts of the game? My thoughts of the game were. Wet conditions, how will we adjust to wet conditions? That's been the theme in the Bryce Perkins era. When it rains, it pours, and we play poor. That's what people are saying, and and that's what they're going off what they see. Indiana, Pitt, this game, I mean, any Miami, like any game is some type of precipitation. They feel like they can't be confident. The one game we've won in the rain in the Bronco era is the Georgia Tech game. And that was Kurt Ben Kurt Star. And that's all, you know, that's what po- folks point out. So, um, but right here, um, we went down and scored on our first drive. 
Obtained the ball on downs. Seven plays, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Wayne Talapapa. Next two possessions, we punt the ball. We had um, a three and out, negative four yards. Then we had a three and out, negative five yards. Then we got the ball back in the second quarter. When we did score, it was five plays, 53 yards. And then after that, it hit the fan. It was punt, interception, punt, punt, fumble, punt, punt. Until the last two possessions, which we scored on a 15-play, 69-yard drive, and then we got the onside kick and threw the Hail Mary. But between Tyler Papa's second touchdown, it was bad. It was bad. So, granted, Bryce got hurt after the first touchdown, came back in, engineered, showed he can still run because he, he he took off on that series. And um, then Tyler Papa, we caught them. They actually went to a wide nine out of their three, four. Their defensive end went super wide. He was like almost out to our slot receiver. They tried to just bring a wide rush because they felt like we was going to continue to attack the, attack the edges. And Coach and I hit the call. And Tyler Papa hit them in the mouth by running straight downhill. And at safety, I like they didn't see him because he didn't want no parts of him. Um, and then after that, the interception in the red zone, I, I, I will say this. Because even I said on Twitter, like, why are we throwing right there? But we look at the play design, we hit them. So we had max protection. We had three receiver uh, set. And we actually motioned Joe Reed inside of Jana, who was a slot guy. And since they were playing cover three, we hit the call because Jana took a took a wide release, took a wide stem towards the corner from his slot, his initial slot alignment. Joe Reed went inside of him and took the vision of the, the inside backer. And when Jana went wide and he curled up, he was inside the outside linebacker who went all the way to the sideline because he saw Jana took a a wide stem. Perfect play call. He sat down. Bad ball. I don't know if Bryce thought that Jan was going to continue to push inside to get away from the say uh away from the corner. But the ball came out like Peyton Manning used to throw. One of them ducks. It came out bad. And it was an interception. And it was it's another red zone interception thrown by Bryce Perkins. That wasn't a bad play design. Like the play design hit. If you watch it on a game, if you watch the, the coach's film, he's wide open. It was just a bad throw. A bad throw. He catches that where at the five-yard line, everybody's singing praises. Let's just be honest. But in Virginia Cavalier fashion this year, we boo-boo in the bed in the green zone. And that took the momentum away from us because we get the ball in the second half and we go four plays, 25 yards, and we punt. Then four plays the next series. Then three plays and a fumble. Then five plays and all these penalties, these illegal procedures. Then six plays. And while we're doing that, they start rolling. At the end of the half, they have a 12-play, 89-yard drive with Cunningham. Then we get them on a three and out. Then they go three plays, 34 yards for a touchdown after the fumble. Then a five-play punt. Then they go four plays, 63 yards for their last touchdown. So in the second half, 12 yards touchdown, 3 yards punt, 3 yard touchdown, 5 yards punt. We just couldn't respond. And we and we, and I would like for us 
to have ran the ball more as a Tyler pop up the middle. When you look at them on on film, it looks like they started to crowd the box and give that appearance that they were going to shut us down. But I, I still would like to, for us to stick to it more. We showed some RPOs as well. We faked it to Tyler Papa and we threw to Cowley. And then we faked to him again and Bryce got a long, a long run in the second half. Even though Tavares Kelly was open, Bryce did what I to- told him to do. Hey, man, I- I'd rather bet on you than try to throw the ball on the move. And he did that when he ran up the sideline. Or was that was that in the second half or was that before we threw the interception? Anyway, um, so we showed the RPOs. But, look, that option, throw that out of there. That that damn option we run with Tavares Kelly is the, is the running back. It take too long and you get too much penetration. You asking too much for the lineman. You asking my man Bryce to pirouette like he Michael Jackson, fake fake a handoff, and then run up. No, only way that's gonna work if you keep gashing up the like we didn't gash him enough to run that. We didn't set that up enough. Now hindsight is twenty twenty. I get it, but we didn't set that up enough to run that slow development triple option. Like I don't like it. I ain't like that all year long. Everybody has took taken like we got to throw that out. We can't do that. Like we put ourselves in behind the eight ball too much. If you know what he's playing against it, look. If we know we playing against a team that love to run the football, we can't try to go untempo. If, if we are trying to pass the football, I just lost my train of thought. Cause look, here, here's what I want to say. The plays weren't that bad that we call as far as when we when we had pass plays. It was it was it's a misread. I don't know what's being taught, but on one of the sacks where they triggered a a corner blitz, Bryce had Cowley wide open to the field in the flat. Now, granted, he might have got hit in the mouth by the corner coming down here, but at least you got the ball out your hands. That's a tight end. I take my I take my chance with a tight end versus a corner coming downhill. Now, now, granted. He saw that the corner was sitting flat-footed and he didn't want to take a chance and he was going to come right back to the backside and throw it to Tyler Popper. And like I said, they had a they had a corner blitz, so they might have hit the call. But from the bird's eye, people were saying, hey, Cowley's open, throw it to Cowley. Now, it was another time when we ran a wheel route to DeVos Kelly and Brissett was wide open going on the post because the, co- the safety sat down too quick. And I don't know if Bryce was predetermined to throw. Like, I don't know what's being taught uh, as far as his reads. If they're saying, hey, if the corner sit, you got to throw the wheel. Because we think that the, the corner, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what's being taught. So I can't, like, that's what keeps me from really going in on Bryce. When people say Bryce is holding the ball too long. Or Bryce got to know this. Or Bryce got to know that. Because there's a lot of times, man, meetings, when you're in the offensive meeting, when you're as a receiver. This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Carvana is in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. They even offer customizable financing so you can plan your down and monthly payments. To shop thousands of affordable vehicles 100% online, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Availability may vary by market. When you meet with quarterbacks, you hear what the offensive coordinator is telling the quarterback, hey, pre-snap, if you see road coverage, this is the man side, this is the zone side, go to this side. Or this is, he's your read. Like most of the time you got a certain guy, you got a mark in the coverage, that's the read. And sometimes it don't work out 
like that all the time. Now, you can still put it on Bryce and say, hey, he got to adjust. But if it's being drilled in you, go to this, go to this, some quarterbacks do that. That's why y'all never really hear me always go all the way in on Bryce because being in, in meeting rooms, I know is a caveat to that. It's not fair to just be like, oh, he missing reads. Because as a fan, all we see is somebody's open. Like, we got the we got a better view than a the quarterback. They see what, what you see in the pocket is totally different than what you see from the TV copy, from the coach's copy, up above, up above. Like, we just don't know what the spider senses are saying. And, yes, I'm, I want to answer some questions. Like, some fans were like, Bryce is holding the ball too long. Anytime we feel like Bryce is holding the ball too long, the first thing I do is I ask them which play they're talking about, and then I go look at that play, and I look at – if the defense, if it was a cover sack or he missed some guys, it was a couple of times yesterday where he held the ball on. It won't nobody open. Then it was a couple of times where I I felt like instead of scrambling, he could have dumped it to somebody that was open. But I just don't know what side he's supposed to look at. And then I got fans coming at me, you know, calling me a homer. Hey, look, man, let me tell y'all something. One thing about me. I'm a dude that's positive and and going off on the team on Twitter, that's too easy. You feel me? We got enough people. Sports entertainment world, like the skip Bayless and things of that of that nature, that are that are negative folks. And it's easy to be negative. It's it's very easy to be negative. Let me make sure I didn't lose. Let me make sure. I apologize about that. So I have some technical difficulties. So what was I saying? Oh, all right, man. So I guess this is a soapbox moment that I used to do that I hadn't done this year. So um, I like to interact on Twitter and um, I like to answer questions. And I'm always open to answer questions and things of that nature. So this this is what I want to throw out there to fans that know me, don't know me, never talk to me, talk to me. Here's my thing. One thing that I do is as I just give you my truth and I give you my interpretation of what just went down. So if you ask me a question on Twitter, Facebook, email, I give you my answer. And if it's an answer that you weren't looking for, then that's just what it is. But one thing I don't take kindly to is for folks to try to imply that I'm a homer. Like I paint, I always want to paint the a, a beautiful picture or I don't want to hurt feelings of this and this and that. Like, it's easy to be negative and to feed the wolves. I've done that before in the past. I can view every podcast I put out about this program. And in losses, if I'm super negative going off on a culture now or anybody alike, I get major traction, major clicks. Why? Because the world today loves negativity. And being negative is the easiest thing to do. The tough thing to do is to truly analyze the situation that's going on. And the one thing I always say, if you're going to complain, at least have a solution for your complaint. So I try to always provide solutions. I try to stay away from complaining. Because a lot of folks just complain, complain, complain. You be like, all right, what's the, what's the solution? Or what I say, what's your intervention? What can what what tips can you provide to better make sure that we get into this predicament again? You are better equipped to come out in a better with a better result, right? And I get it. 
people on folks on Twitter or social media like you want to vent, right? I'm the wrong person to vent to. I am. I don't I don't vent on social media. I may say, damn, we was in this protection again or like I'll vent towards the refs. But I learned over the years. It doesn't do me any good to dog a coach on social media. It doesn't. It don't it doesn't do me any good. Like what what am I what am I going to get out of it? And no, I'm not scared to talk like I look this is the difference between me and a lot of media folks that y'all know. I actually go to the goddamn on source. If I got a problem with, with Robert and I, I'll go in his, I knock on his door, close the door, and talk to him as a man. I don't got to go on social media. If I got an issue with, with, with one of the players, if I got Bryce, if I feel like Bryce Perkins struggling or something, I'll go knock on this damn door. I ain't going to put it in the Twitter universe so I can get a bunch of damn likes and retweets. And there you go, ball hawk, tell them like it is. Now, nah, that's the difference between me and a lot of folks. I go to the source. I'm a G about that. That's why I, was, I keep it G. I'm not, I'm not going to be on social media in these, in these kiddie spats. This my, 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 my private is bigger. Like, I'm not going to get in that type of stuff. I've learned my lesson over the years that sometimes Petty Hawk is not good for my brand. I could damage my own brand, but I feel like I'm getting the best of somebody or I'm telling somebody off. Like, nah, that ain't that ain't my plat. Like, nah, I ain't in a position to do that no more. I'm trying to move up in the world in a sense that caddy stuff ain't going to get me nowhere. So that's why you always see me. I, I, I fall. I fall back and I provide an analysis of what's going on. You feel me? So if I feel like coach is not struggling in a certain area, I'll go get a Kurt Benkert on my show to let him break down how it was for him playing as a quarterback in that system and what he sees schematically. And I would defer to him because he was a quarterback in that system. If I have an issue with the offensive line and I really want to break down what the offensive line is doing, I'll reach out to guys who played on the offensive line at a high level and I'll pick their brain. Back in the old days, yes. I used to point the finger and, and go off on people like crazy on Twitter. But it don't get me nowhere. So I'm sorry if Ballhawk don't give y'all what you want. But the last thing I'm going to be is a damn homer. I'll stand up about mines. Like, that's attacking me. And, yeah, I'm, I could take it anywhere I want to. Somebody could say, well, I want to try and be disrespectful. I don't care what you was trying to be. I'm just telling you straight up, I ain't no damn homer. I'm going to ride for mines. But if I got an issue with somebody that's in the program, I'd be damn I go on Twitter and had to get your approval first and a pat on the back just so you could be like, oh, okay, he feel like he do. Nah, I'm going to go knock on the door. How many of y'all could say that? You'll just go right up to the building and tell somebody how you feel. Not a lot of people ain't going to do that. That's just me. That's why they know who I am. That's why they like, like they know how I rock. They know how I rock. And I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. I get a little pissed off because a part of me want to flame y'all ass on, on Twitter. Like, for real. I got full clips for fools who be getting out there acting dumb. I can really go at your neck and, don't, and won't feel, give two you-know-whats about it. But then at the end of the day, it's like, what am I getting out of that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, Jay-Z had a line, you know what I'm saying? If I shoot you, I'm nameless. If you shoot me, you famous. What's a brother to do? Like, if you flame me, 
you feel some you feel good about yourself. If I flame you, I probably get reprimanded. I've been there before. Flame a couple of people on Twitter. Then I got superiors coming at me like, yo, that ain't a good look for the program. So yeah, I learned my lesson. That's why I hit mute now. Most of the time I don't even see what y'all say. Cause I know me. I know. I know I want to fire back. I'm a competitive dude. And I'm gonna always be ten toes down about mine. Yeah, I love this program. Yeah, I love these men that that work for the program. Yeah, I love these uh young men that play for the on the team. So yes, my 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 criticism is gonna be different. It's like you could tease my brother. I mean, I could tease my brother, but I'd be damned if you do. That's the approach I got most of the time. Yeah, I'll 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 tease with the team doing in my own way, but I'm gonna be protective if when you do it. But I've learned to kind of step back and let people do it. That's why I always had that 24-hour rule on, on social media. I let people get it out. I let people vent. You got your right to do that. Hey, but if you tag me and ask me a question and I give you my answer, don't try to act like I'm being a certain way. I answer the question. If you don't like it, don't tag me in nothing. Don't ask me nothing. That's what I tell for. If you don't like my answer... Don't ask me a question. Period. You ask me, I answer. If you think I'm being PC, two tears in a bucket. Fine. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Don't come back. I can't help that. This is just me. This is who I am. But always remember this. If I have an issue with a robber or not, I don't need my Twitter fingers to work. I got feet and I got a voice and I know how to get in the building and I'll knock on this door. Yo, Bob, Dr. Anah, can I holler at you? I got a question about a couple of things. And we're going to keep it like that. And you ain't going to know what went down. But I know I have a better understanding. You know why? Because I've done it before. At the end of the day, they still part of this university. And I'm alum. And, and it is what it, they got a job to do. And if you feel like they jobbing up the par, you voice it in your way. And I do it in mine. Rant over. Anybody else got a problem? My email to ballhawk9 at gmail.com. It's open to you. And like I said, you may not like how I respond to your question, but at least I'm taking time on my day to respond to you. I could be rude. I could be a prick and just block you or not say nothing to you. That's why I tell folks, like, you think I'm rude? Like, like come on, son. Like, we, we, we having a cordial conversation and I get called a homer? Like, come on, man. Y'all got to realize, man, I play football for love. All I know is physical contact. So now I try to use my voice behind a microphone. So I'm still working on myself. I still got a crazy switch about me. That's what people got to realize. When you talk to football players, we, we, we lunatics. Little things trigger us. You just don't know what triggers us. And not, like I said, it's not a threat. It's not saying, oh, I'm toughening you. Oh, you always got to fight. No, but I'm trying to recondition myself to be able to have productive conversations provide my insight provide you a product that you enjoy but i'm not going to be a skip bailers i'm not going to be a tear me down platform that ain't me i let other dudes run that lane man and they do a very good job running that lane that's what they do they feel like somebody gotta get torn the hell down they're gonna do it but i always tell you i got i got principles and at the end of a principle is a promise my principle is, man, I'd rather do it behind closed doors as a man so you could better respect me because you, you, I don't need an audience for that. 
I don't. That's why I stopped doing them. I used to. I did, man. That's why I don't fault people who do. I used to be that dude. Oh, man, you need to get a fire out grow. That was, that was the worst thing I ever said on air in my life was fire coach grow. I never asked for a coach to be fired. That's just not my style. I'm always trying to see how I can help that coach better coach from what I see. Because I think people appreciate that more. Yes, I've been the boss of people. People worked up under me. And I try to give them X amount of things to do to better do their job. But if they leave you no choice, at least they know before you fire them, you invested in them. And this is the nature of the beast in sports. I've been fired. I've been cut. I know how I feel. But for folks that, you know, look, the program, we we, we getting close to November. And you know how November's been lately at this university. So I understand the panic. I understand the trepidation. I understand the anger. You got folks thinking we are barely, we are barely win seven games now. Only games people got us winning is Georgia was Liberty and then possibly Georgia Tech. They give us they're giving us no chance for UNC now, and they damn sure ain't giving us a chance versus Virginia Tech. At the end of the day, you still got the driver's seat to get to the Coastal Division Championship. That's it. We still there. I seen some all oh, ACC overrated UVA. UVA still first in the coastal. How is that overrated? They did. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Come on. Anything's still possible. You talking to a dude that I ain't ever gave up my life, and I'm not gonna give up, and I'm not gonna stop believing. And no, this ain't wishful thinking. This is legit. Hey. You got a shot every damn game. It's the coach division. Everybody beats everybody. You just never know when somebody going to step into their A game. We turn the ball over too many damn times. So, that's all I got for y'all, man. That was my soapbox moment. No petty hawk today. I'm out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.